Welcome to the Dental Money Lounge, the place where dentists can tune in to grow their money, wealth and financial knowledge. Here are your hosts, Hassan Mushaid and Max Bazzucchini. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Money Lounge. You're joined by myself today, Hassan Mushaid, and I've got two very important guests with me here. I've got Jawad and Kinga from Opulence Capital. How are you guys doing? Very good, Hassan. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. And how are you, Jawad? Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. So I've known Jawad and Kinga for a while now. And me and Jawad go actually further back. We've actually worked together in the past. Now, Kinga and Jawad have come up with a, an exceptional business model that can help the dental professionals to really look at new ways of investing in other industries that they may have never thought of really. So Jawad is a civil entrepreneur well known in Glasgow and Scotland pretty much. He's, he's invested in healthcare predominantly more than anything else. He's also a speaker. He has fingers in a lot of pies. So I, I would say he's a really quite sharp and, and hungry entrepreneur really from, from, from the, the north. Jawad, I know you're humble, but please would you let us know more about yourself and, and what you're currently doing? <laughs> Thank you for the kind introduction there, Hassan. Obviously, as you've said, I do invest in multiple sort of businesses throughout Scotland and the UK as a whole. A lot of my expertise does come within healthcare, but also within digital marketing and the catering industry as well. I'm a firm believer of splitting your wealth into certain criterias. I'm a firm believer of the 70-10-10-10 rule, which gives you the 100%. And the 10% that we're talking about out of that today is about passive income. How do we get individuals to invest into a business, be it healthcare or catering or whatever the motor industry, whatever it may be, and how do we get them to maximize their returns on their investment? That's what I specialize in. And I have the lovely Kinga as well, who is exceptionally very well versed in this field, who can structure deals in a way that other people do not see possible. Kinga, I've worked with yourself as well in the past. You've actually taught me quite a lot about investment in in kind of a in the specific sectors that you specialize in. Kinga, could you kindly introduce yourself to everybody who's listening today? Uh, hi all, my name is Kinga. I have um, worked in corporate finance and investment industry for over uh, eight years now. I've started within medicine acquisitions for big firms like Deloitte. Uh, I worked for investment bank like Risk Capital. And most recently, I've been specialising in investment uh, in uh, early stage businesses. And this is where we and Jawad actually met and thought of doing something together, of combining our expertise with him being, you know, this hands-on entrepreneur and myself from the deal structure perspective and also seeing, you know, various businesses across, you know, just different stages of growth and where I can obviously add my insight as well, apart from just structuring the deals in the best yeah. way to invest. Thanks for introducing yourself. I mean, one of the things I really liked about your business model was, I think a lot of listeners would probably start listening a little bit more attentively to this is, you can help with tax relief through the use of investments. Am I right in saying that? Yes, correct. All our investments with Opulence Capital are structured under Enterprise Investment Scheme, known as EIS, which grants investors very generous tax reliefs, which in this way, it limits the risk and multiplies the potential upside. So whenever an investor puts money into an EIS business, they receive an upfront tax relief 
between 30 to 50 percent that happens literally within uh, 12 weeks from investing which is obviously an added bonus to be able to yeah. uh, recover already one third or even half of your investment all profits made on those com on from those companies are tax-free there's no capital gains tax which is an added benefit typically if you would invest in any financial product property or wherever you make a profit or a gain you would obviously then have to pay capital gains tax so obviously uh, EIS has that advantage of uh, not paying any tax on your profits and another perk of investing into EIS businesses is loss relief where you're able to uh, protect further the capital invested by claiming a refund a further refund from HMRC if the if things do not go to the plan and you're not able to receive your the profit from the company so that basically means that your actual risk to your capital is limited from between 38 to 22 percent so again i don't think there's any other investments of any kind yeah. where you can only risk uh, 20 to 30 percent of actual cash outlay yeah. or the upside is in multiples of two and upwards how long has this EIS funding and kind of investment opportunities been around for now? The EIS has been around for over 20 years. Yeah. It's been through every government, you know, Labour, Conservatives, always been supported basically because it's a win-win for both. HMRC encourages this because they don't, they do not mind giving, granting those tax reliefs because they're also benefiting because this, the, the overall system boost the economy because obviously the, the more money is pumped into uh, new businesses, the economy grows and actually effectively HMRC is able to charge more tax yeah. in a shape of corporation tax payers, you go VAT and there's been very interesting study conducted where every pound saved by taxpayer when invested into EIS actually brings four pounds more to HMRC and various other taxes. Okay. So clearly it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah. And I believe I just kind of quickly read up on this now and I can see that so far to today really is created or promoted 10 billion pounds worth of private investment over the, over the last 20 years. What, one of the things I've also seen or learned about this while, whilst working these elves is that it's quite a good opportunity to invest, invest in early stage opportunities or startup companies, other ventures that are in the early stages of growth really. Have you got any example or experiences or stories where people have invested in, in, in certain industries or certain startups and when, what kind of results they can expect from that as well? I think that'd be a question slightly more posed to myself. Startup companies is where all the fun is inside a business. Yes, there is an element of risk, but that is where my specialty, specialty and expertise in, comes into play. I look at businesses with Kinga uh, alongside myself. Kinga looks at the structure to structure the deal, looks at the investment, and I look at the business as a whole as an is it feasible or not to make a healthy return, a lucrative yeah. return for investors. So we have multiple businesses that we've been involved in. One of the biggest one at the moment is a company called Project Melody. And we're working a bit intensively into that and that Project Melody, as it sounds melody, music <laughs> here it's all about audiology okay uh, and what it is 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 becoming a lead generation company that works with a healthcare provider provides a screener inside every single practice throughout the uk and anyone that has a hearing deprivation the lead goes directly back to the head office and then the head office from there takes that patient on a journey to potentially buy hearing aids obviously what's different with this is a normal company is always struggling for a database 
in this circumstance, we have the database of the practice we're working with. So when we go into a dental surgery, they possibly got 10 to 20,000 patients on their books, yeah. depending on how big the surgery is. Yeah. And automatically, that database now becomes a, a co-managed database in the sense that the dental practice will refer, will be given a referral fee or a co-management fee or yeah. a rent, a sort of rent reimbursement, et cetera, et cetera. So the practice makes lucrative returns for having this service at yeah. their site. It's adding sort of legs to their business so it attracts more people. So someone that's elderly knows that audiology is provided here, yeah. they'll come in for audiology services and they'll grow the dental practice. And what it does in return is Project Melody itself what it allows that to do is to tap into the 10,000 database there. Given out of 10,000, possibly 3,000 are over the age of 60, yeah. at general sort of demographics, that's your perfect clientele. So 3,000 patients that we would have had to use SOE, marketing, Google AdWords, Instagram, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, Instagram, how many over 60s are over on Instagram? That's a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, what, it, what it does is it allows us to tap into that database and make lucrative turns. So this business here is looking at roughly about a two million startup cost. And obviously we get individuals to invest at five, 10, 20, even a thousand pounds. It depends on what the individual wants. Okay. And that business has projections of 21 million pounds profit within 36 months. So that's wow. something that I would be involved in with that business, sitting on the board with them, yeah. making sure that individuals are well nourished they're they know what they're doing they're, they've got the correct strategy in, yeah. in place they've got the correct goals they've got the correct vision the business is structured well the employees know what they're doing that's my sort of role and that's just one example we have multiple other examples out there yeah. as well we've got a, a social media company called marketing cookies that works with indep um, independent takeaways so obviously yeah. we know our local takeaways uh, are not as savvy when it comes to IT. So what this individual company does is goes into multiple different practices, not practices, my apologies, my healthcare background speaking there. Yeah. It goes into multiple different takeaways or food outlets and it does, it leads their social media business for them. Yeah. So we'll, they'll charge close to 150 pounds a month. And in that, what we guarantee is that we will give your, your business 10,000 patients or again healthcare 10,000 people would see your advertisement that's equivalent to someone doing uh drop shipping or sorry not drop shipping dropping leaflets to 10,000 houses so to drop your menu to 10,000 houses you're looking at spending close to two three thousand pounds we get and you'll do that once what yeah. we say is with 150 pounds on a monthly retainer what you're doing is showing your shop and the food that you serve to 10,000 people. So yeah. that's another business that we work with intensively as well. Yeah. So it shows we're not just healthcare, we work in other sort of um, industries as well. Yeah, yeah, both both great examples. I can see the opportunities there. I mean, with, with uh, I think, Project Melody, where you're utilizing the assets that have already, or the asset we refer to as, as a database for established healthcare businesses and expanding their services to bring in extra revenue, really. I can, I can see the benefits of that as well. And again, with the the catering side of or the kind of the, the, the food industry especially the small smes in, in in that sector i mean it seems like an innovative concept that really going against just the uh, and traditional marketing so again because i'm in the digital industry myself anyway i can see the benefits of how you can 
utilize the whole digital marketing really to, to, to break away from traditional marketing. Yes, I see. So I can, I can, I can see like that there's various different sectors here. And one of the things I wanted to highlight was you mentioned that people can invest from various different amounts. I mean, did, did you mention from a thousand pounds upwards? Is, is, is there any criteria with these kind of investments? Uh, correct. So yeah, we're making this, um, you know, available to all. Uh, so a thousand pounds enough to invest in shares of the company and that still will bring a nice return, you know, after three years. We just want to break, you know, break the paradigm of having at least £25,000 to invest into a project, which is typically happens with the IS providers. They put the boundaries on how much you can invest. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we've got the attitude that uh, we can allow, you know, larger population to invest, even if they have £1,000, £5,000, yeah. £10,000. They do not have to necessarily have £25,000. Yeah. And that'd be, and that'd be depending also, on the, the type of opportunity that, that that's available and what they require. Yeah, and then you can also, uh, that would also allow uh, investors to spread their uh, bets across, you know, various yeah. businesses rather than, you know, putting, let's say if they have £25,000 to invest rather yeah. than doing this in business, they can actually maybe spread across three or two. Yeah. So it just kind of gives this, uh, this um, you know, where... Uh, Kind of a safer, safer playing ground instead of putting all the eggs in yes, kind of one basket. Yes, correct. Yeah. Diversifying um, your your kind of portfolio diverse, in a way. Yes, I just go diversification. Yes, exactly. And just going back on the industries, what I think our edge is actually the fact that because obviously you know talking about your audience, which is, which are dentists. Yeah. I speak to you know investors on a regular basis, and some of them are actually medical professionals. And very often when I propose them different opportunities across different sectors, yeah. the feedback I get is that they can relate because this is not what they do on a daily basis. That's right, I, yeah. I feel having the opportunity which is in healthcare, medical profession, they'll be able to relate more and understand and appreciate the, you know, the, you know, the value that this will create rather than being proposed something which they you know, literally have no idea. So I, I think with us having um, a bit of a healthcare angle will be, will be um, quite attractive for medical professionals because that's those opportunities are very rare. If you look at yeah. um, EIS in general, there's a lot of online kind of gimmicks and you know uh, things which may work out or may not. So I think having a solid business like this and others is definitely our advantage. Okay, one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys was: there seems to be quite a open opportunity for ventures and, and, and ideas and, and 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 startups to to seek investment. Is there any industry or any sectors where they, they, they are not allowed to enter the scheme or are you able to kind of invest in any industry? I mean, the, are there any restrictions for startups and other new kind of ventures? Overall, EIS is very open to uh, you know majority of the industries and sectors. Uh, there's only small exclusions, which include um, financial services, property. And apart from that, everything else is, is basically available for EIS and CDIS funding. Okay. Companies can raise up to five million wow, each okay. year. Yeah. With the maximum cap of twelve million over seven years. Okay. Because this is obviously the show is targeted towards the dental audience, and there'll be dental professionals out there who are looking to invest in other areas, or there'll just be listeners out there who who do want to kind of diversify their portfolio and move on to other industries. How can the medical or the health or the dental industry benefit from these two EIS and SEIS schemes? I think 
and that one has to find me answer that question is it's a two-part question one is obviously how do these individuals invest into yep. companies which is something that we can help with and the second part of that question is how can this industry benefit is that we are able to raise finances for companies that would like to expand be it dentistries so if we have an individual or a group a small group of practices that want to now expand what we can do is raise finance for that company take a small equity in the company and help them develop what we're not able to do is raise finance for acquisitions so if there's a practice out there that's got a three surgery practice and wants to move up to six surgeries or seven surgeries or open up in another city completely private or move up to scotland etc we're able to do that so we would sit with that individual see what their career aspirations are so yeah. what ambitions they have for the business and if it's something that fits with an opulence we would be able to raise that finance for them and grow that business okay. so individuals from from the medical sort of field doctors etc might invest into this to yeah. grow the dental field or dental fields if they want to invest into another field we're able to do that so the benefit is twofold it's one you can invest and diversify into different sectors or secondly if there's individuals out there that are looking for investment to grow their practice or yeah. if there's a practice that's not doing too well and needs finance for marketing or yeah. refurbing practice etc we're able to do all those things to okay. help those individuals become entrepreneurs as they say yeah so to clarify you are able to seek or yeah seek investment to expand your own practice let's say for example you are yep. unable to purchase another dental business or kind of acquisition yeah. of an existing business but you can seek investment opportunities to again expand with with new practices i mean and again one of the concerns or one of the things that the listeners might be thinking is there's obviously the the nhs bread and butter and some of the the buying strategies do involve buying the NHS contract to give you kind of a, a nice income coming in that you can use towards developing further growth. And obviously, if you are creating new practices, specifically in England, really, it would mean that you will be creating squat practices that are private only. Now, one of the things you mentioned quite uh, just prior to, 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 to me buying in there really is uh, that you mentioned Scotland. So if anybody from England is looking to expand it to Scotland. Now, I understand there's a fee per item NHS system there and contracts can be given to new practices who want to set up an allocation that meets the NHS demand there. Can that be done through these two schemes? Yes, it can. And one thing to highlight is in Scotland, there's uh, contracts are very easy to attain, so much so that there could be a dental practice opening up next door to another practice. There is nothing stopping you. It's I know it's very different in England where the NHS has to grant you a contract. In Scotland, it's completely different. What you would do is say, I want to provide NHS services and you can decide wherever that may be so you can open up an nhs practice right next to an extremely busy nhs practice and take some of their customers i wouldn't advise to do that okay. but i'm just highlighting the point that in scotland is completely different to how england works and yes you could through these two schemes we would raise the finance yeah um obviously these are pretty small fish but they're yeah. still something that we would happily sort of if it's the right individual and the right mentality we're still happy to raise these funds for individuals and see where we can take this business Okay, that's actually pretty one thing interesting. To yeah. Highlight, yeah, after you, so you have to. One thing to highlight is we're not just looking for startup businesses. Yeah. Um, this could be for seasoned business professionals out there as well. So, someone who's had a practice for 10, 12 years and now wants to expand, yeah. or there for themselves, or a dental professional who's been an associate for many a year and now wants to set up their own business yeah. and cannot raise the finance. We're able to raise the finance for them 
to look into other options on how they'd be able to do that within Scotland. So looking from an investor's point of view, would they be seeking uh, some sort of exit strategy after a specific time period? And if the, the revenue or the, the profit uh, or the kind of the revenue goals are met, what kind of protection or safety net do the investors have on, from their side? I think this is something that King has already highlighted, obviously, from day one you've got 30% or 50% depending on what level of investment there's different sort of uh, EIS um, schemes out there you get 30% to 50% back from day one and then correct me if I'm wrong kinda, there's a 45% loss relief as well so say if the business does go south which is something that we are almost positive would never ever happen with my expertise and my team sitting on the board of these individuals to ensure that the business does as well as it possibly can do is individuals uh, investment is always protected then as you mentioned that exit scheme i'm correct uh, can i correct me again if i'm wrong is that individuals do not pay capital gains tax on any enterprise investment scheme. Kinga, is that correct? Yes, and would you like to expand? Yeah, all, um, all the points made by you are correct. So, um, uh, yes, there's a lot of protections for the investor's capital. Overall, it's capped between, like Joao said, we've got different yeah. types of EIS, CDIS and EIS. So, respectively, the, the, we've got 385 and 22.5% of actually the capital exposure. Yeah. So you protect 78% of your money. The upside potential is doubling your money, if not more. Yeah. Because obviously the, all the businesses are, you know, private, high growth. So you would uh, expect to get a nice return after three years by HMRC rules. You have to hold the shares by three years to be able to retain your tax reliefs. Okay. So this is something that obviously needs to be a bear in mind. That's like a longer term investment. Yeah. You know, where to medium term even because three years really is not that long when you actually think about that yeah so it's a good way to kind of deferring capital gains tax really from your investment yes as well if you if you if you have made gains from the sale of other assets if you reinvest all that gain into eis you pay no capital gains tax so it's another actually uh, yeah. advantage of EIS which haven't been, actually been mentioned so let's say if you had 100 grand profit from let's say sale of the property and you can avoid paying 40% capital gains tax if you invest all the 100% of yeah. the all the grants sorry in the EIS scheme okay so you save yourself you know 40,000 pounds okay that's yes I think that explains quite a lot from an investor's point of view as well really do you guys have any or could you share with me any 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 uh, projects? I know you mentioned the project Melody, but any any other uh, businesses that are very or kind of industries that are similar to the dental industry where you have seen a successful investment opportunity that has then succeeded. I mean, are they, are you able to share any any of insights into any experiences and stories or projects that you guys have worked I, on? I think I think what obviously we're signed. Uh an NDA on multiple businesses okay. that when we sit on individuals don't want everyone to know that we're involved or yeah, not involved understandable. so we have to respect people's privacy but what we are able to do is for individuals that do want to invest or do want to have a chat the best thing for them is to get in contact with us and King or myself could have an in-depth conversation yeah. look at their options and take it from there it's obviously the answer right now is how long is a string yeah. So we rather, the correct investor has to be matched with the correct business. Okay. One investment for one individual might not be the same for another. Yeah, we understand yeah. the individual, understand their psychology, understand their goals, understand their dreams and yeah. take it from there. As opposed to one fits all, we're a very tailored sort of business. We work with individuals and become 
what they want us to be inside yeah. any investment. It's been quite informative to have you guys on the show and I think I've learned myself quite a lot about the two schemes that are uh, benefiting investors as well as people who are seeking investment opportunities. Now, if, if anybody out there who wants to learn more about what Kinga and Javad do, visit their website, which is opulencecapital.co.uk or if you'd like to get in touch directly with Kinga herself, you can give her a call on 0782 5540 Kinga and Javad, it's been great to have you on the show. You provided tons of insight. Yeah, thank you for being on the show and and, 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 and kind of giving a lot of uh, insight for our viewers. Thank you. Oh. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure to uh, be able to... Uh, uh, speak to your audience, you know, uh, provide extra value. So, uh, you know, absolutely honored to be able to do that. No worries. Uh, and Juwan, again, thank you for yourself as well joining, joining today as well. No problem at all, Hassan. It's been an absolute honor. I hope we did provide some meaningful insight to your audience. And if we can be of assistance or help to anyone, please feel free to contact us at any time. And that's for today's show. Please tune in next week. Uh, we'll be producing another podcast, which will be going out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on our regular slot. Speak to you guys soon. A word from our sponsors. The Creative Composite, dental marketing which helps you grow. The Pluto Partnership, where professionalism meets confidence.